0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk, live from the Senior Bowl here at Mobile, Alabama. Final day of practice is behind us. It's uh, It's been a phenomenal week here watching the 2023 NFL Draft prospects. A little bit of uh, spying on Mike Tomlin and company as we do so, but it's, uh, it's, it's sad to see you go. Make sure we subscribe, right? That's what everybody does. We subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast and make sure to check out everybody's work at AllSteelers.com. It's, uh, it's been a sunny day. We haven't talked about the weather in a week, so I'm going to do that right now. It's been a sunny first day. We got fried like tomatoes. It went from foggy and a little bit cold the next day to today. It's absolutely freezing and it feels like we're back in Pittsburgh. That's Okay. Because we're getting ready to walk into absolute frigid temperatures tomorrow, but that's not important. What's important is the Senior Bowl is behind us, and I gotta ask for one last time here in Mobile: How we feeling, boys?
1: I feel good. Um, feeling all my skin start to peel off after it got burned off on um, after it got burned on on a Tuesday and. I don't know. I I really am not dreading going back to Pittsburgh, but the fact that I was freezing my butt off here in like sixty degrees and clouds or whatever, and yeah. now I got to go back to like nine degrees or whatever is. I I haven't looked at the temperature when we land in Pittsburgh. Uh, tomorrow it's nine. And it's nine yeah, degrees. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm dreading it. Um, but <laughs> had a lot of fun watching some football. There's some really interesting guys here. Um, so I, I my first trip to Mobile, I would I would consider a success. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, I, how you feeling, my friend?
2: I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good. Um uh the thing with me, like I didn't get burned nearly as bad as you guys. It was just on my nose mostly. So I you know, I didn't really feel like the 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 cold nearly as much. And it was really interesting because I was talking around with a lot of people and they were like, Yeah, I'm cold. And I'm like I'm like, Aren't you from Buffalo? <laughs> like, like I was I was feeling pretty good, but then when we got back to the Airbnb, it was freezing in here and i was just like nah i can't take it in here (laughs) yeah like temperature it's been an experience obviously like the, the 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 change in temperature from day one to to now has been absolutely crazy like the weather has been very bipolar down here and uh it's been a really enjoyable experience just getting to talk and see all these players it's it's been great this has been a fun fun very
0: fun week yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good time. Uh, everybody, like I said yesterday, I believe my all my friends back home, everybody texted me and they were like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta uh, uh, tan your forehead because you just shaved your head for the first time in your life." Well, appreciate that one because the, the sunburns definitely because of them, hundred percent. But let's talk some football. We just spent the last three days, four days here in Mobile, Alabama. It was a great time watching some Steelers prospects as they enter the first little section of the NFL draft process. I want to talk about your biggest takeaways, Nick. Let's start with you. What leaving the week, what is your big grand? This is what I got to talk about. This is what I got to let the people know from the senior bowl.
2: So it's not any one player. It's not any like any specific position group. It's more so how this the structure of practices like between the national team and the, and the American team, the national team seems to focus a lot more on the one-on-ones, which is a lot more like it's easier to watch when you're in the stands. But when we go to the American practices, there's a lot more install. There's, there's a lot more of them trying to hash out plays and make sure everyone's in time and in rhythm. And the thing I noticed, it was particular with the quarterbacks was they were a lot – day three, could the Americans to the national team, like the American team was a lot more in sync. The, they were throwing with a lot of anticipation, just t- just good timing, rhythm. Duggan had a pretty decent day overall. The, the national team, like aside from Jake Hayner, I feel like all those qu- quarterbacks – Hall – Lee Cunningham they just haven't been throwing in rhythm and that's been my biggest disappointment overall and I'm not sure if like the the structure of practice was to blame in that regard but it's definitely something I'm taking away no matter what because it's very important to note how these players are coached up while the national practice is probably a lot more fun to watch the American practice probably gets them a lot more ready for you know, performing in the game. And that's probably what, what I would have to say, honestly.
0: Yeah, the, a lot of people talk about, oh, well, this talent, this roster is more talented than that one. I think we could see that because the offensive line on the America team is way better than Ridiculous.
2: The it's an NFL offensive line. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> Defense is a lot better on the national team. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be really hard for the national team to like you said, get a rhythm in this game on Saturday because they're, they're going to look at it and the American team is practicing like it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <clears throat> excuse me, of an NFL season while the national team is practicing like they're like they're at a scouting event, you know? Like they're here for a couple of days to kind of get their feet wet and show coaches exactly what they're able to do. It, it was, I, I felt the same way. Like the, the quarterbacks progressed and because of that, you got to see some more wide receiver talent in the whole nine. But... Overall, it was the quarterbacks were pretty bad all week long. And you kind of wondered, okay, how much better can these wide receivers look if they had capable quarterbacks, you know, like truly capable quarterbacks, not where, Oh, once in a while he's they're making a catch or they're making a throw. And once in a while they're not, it it was, it, it was very lopsided in the negative direction, I think for all these guys. And I, I agree with you. I think the rhythm is a, is a big thing there. Practice. That's a good one because I know, you know, nobody pays attention to that. And I, if you're not here, you don't understand how these practices are broken down where it's the national team gets two hours. The American team gets two hours. It's two totally different coaching staffs. Everybody's still watching. Obviously Mike Tomlin is still pretty much hands-on everywhere you go, but it's, it's two different practices trying to prepare for a game while also scouting coaches are scouting players for coaches. And to make that work in three days is difficult, and I agree with you. I think that the American team did better in that regard, which isn't great because Grady Brown is the defensive coordinator of the national team. But I still think he did a good job, and I think this is a good opportunity for him. Uh, Steven, what was your uh, big grand takeaway here from Mobile?
1: Yeah, it's something that you kind of alluded to a little bit uh, ago um, the the defense for the national team and the offense versus the offense for the American team is really going to be the thing to watch on, on Saturday when the game is actually played. Um, You know, that's what this week is. It's a lead up to this game where you hope that these guys can really show what their, what their skills are like in a game, in a game environment. And I just think it's going to be so fascinating to watch a, a, what I expect to be probably a run heavy, you know, or a a more, a more balanced, or, or I guess a, a, an American team offense that is built to run. Um, they have fantastic running backs in, in Tajay Spears um, and Eric Gray, uh, just to name a couple of them. And then uh, they've got some fantastic, fantastic offensive linemen in Osiris, Osiris Torrance um, and uh, Darnell, Wright And, and some others that, that I, you know, uh, that their names escape me, but I, I walked away from American practice really impressed with their offensive line. And then on the other side of the ball, um, the defensive line for the national team is really talented. They have a lot of guys who had really great weeks and, um, they have great linebackers as well i'm really interested just to see how those two how those two sides meet and and when the american team has the ball i think you're going to see a lot of of really talented guys on the field at the same time that's that's going to be when 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 the best guys at this event really show who they are and and show off um show off their skills it's going to be good on good um and that's 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 what i kind of walked away with um from from this week and what i'll be really looking forward to when i watch the game on saturday
0: yeah and i think that's that was planned you know like uh, throughout the week you kind of got the feeling that it was like okay like guys like isaiah Foskey, fosky excuse yeah. me who from notre dame who's like a projected late first rounder, early second round guy is going to be going up against these well was supposed to be going up against guys like dewan jones who is a You know, same category type player, Osiris Torrance is going to be there, you know, while on the other side of the line, it's going to be, uh, yeah, really good, eh, decently good defense for the American team against decently good offensive linemen for the national team. And I think that that allows you to see like, okay, who can compete within their their group? that they're supposed to be in, I guess, quotation marks, be in for the NFL draft. And you impress enough there? I agree with that one. I think that it's going to show on Saturday who's real and who's not in a game-like scenario, which is going to boost or really negatively affect your game stock. I think DeJuan Jay- Jones, excuse me, I keep calling him Dewan James, but Dewan Jones, I I want to ask you guys this. Do you think that he takes a negative hit in his draft stock because he's unable to play on Saturday due to an injury, and now he's not going to get that opportunity to kind of show, like, hey, I could block all these guys on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Well, it certainly Uh, is not – oh, go uh, ahead, Nick.
2: uh,
0: Okay. Uh, I was just going to
2: say I have a feeling that, like, he must have been told by a coach or something that there wasn't much for him to gain from from being down here because he – was flat out dominant day one. Like he he showed off his length, his power, his athleticism. And it was really just they had a huge they had a really tough time just dealing with him in general. And it was really interesting because the, there was there was the whispers about he actually just got up and dipped. Like he like he got up like got a flight and he just left. And you know, you have Jim Nagy talking about, you know, the fact that like he had like maybe concussion symptoms and he just had a headache and stuff like that. I think it's just cover, I think it's just cover up and I don't think he told, you know, all these coaches that he was, that he was leaving. And, you know, that's something you got to keep an eye out. Obviously, you know, are you too confident about your evaluation or was there someone in your ear who was saying like, Hey, uh, I'm gonna make sure we draft you around uh, late, late first round, or like, or like early in the first round, like right here. So uh, I, I need you to. Uh, I, I feel like you just need to just stop playing in this <laughs> in this game, <laughs> like you know something like that. You know, you never know what to expect, but you know, we talked to these guys, and you know, Noah, I, you got to talk to him personally. Like, I'm just curious, like how he came off to you in his interview, and like, you know, how that, how how you approach that, like versus like fact he might not even play the the fact he didn't like play day two day three and he's probably not gonna be there for the game either you know what was your thoughts on that
0: yeah i thought that he did come off you know confident in in his draft stock in my interview with him Uh, do i think that i I don't know you know i'm a conspiracy theorist but and i'm sure that that team's definitely told him that i don't know if it necessarily hurts his stock to be out On Saturday, but at the same time, I don't think it helps it at all. Like, I think that you look at that situation and you got to think, that okay, like you had an opportunity to kind of solidify. I think Osiris Torrance is a great example of this. I think he's going to solidify himself as a first round pick because he is going to dominate. On Saturday, whereas I think Dewan Jones is going to be looked at as, yeah, I had a really good opportunity to do this. I was talking to Alan Saunders of Pittsburgh Sports Now today, actually, and I asked, I said, why? Because he was here, you know, he's been covering Pittsburgh sports for a long time. And I asked, you know, were you here for Aaron Donald? Why did he even consider coming to the Senior Bowl? And he said, he said, you know, the most obvious answer ever. He's like, why does he train with knives? Because these guys (laughs) are just here to prove that they are ridiculous. ridiculous. And I don't think the J- Jones, if that's the reason that he, that he did leave would be showing that now, is that a guarantee that that's why he left? No, but you know, if that is the reason, then you got to look at that and think, okay, yeah. It, that one team that told you, okay, we're going to draft you at 28 or 27 or wherever. If they don't draft you there, you just ruined a little bit of your draft stock and you could have possibly moved up and, and to go from 27 to 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know what I mean? Or 27 to 11, that's, that's money on the table. And I think that's, that's the ultimate thing is I think he left money on the table by not playing or not finishing the week. And if it's because of a concussion, okay, you know, totally understandable. But if it's because he just was told these things, I think you're, I think you're a little worried about, you know, I wouldn't want to sit there. You know, I wouldn't be comfortable unless I was a true number one. And if that was the thing, like at my position. But I don't think he's there. I don't think that's him.
1: Yeah, I would just – you know, if I was him, I wouldn't want to put it in anyone else's hands. I would want to put it in my hands. I would want to put my draft stock in my hands, and I wouldn't want to leave it to chance. I also just – like, is there anything – like, yeah, he could have proven a lot. um, But was – if there were coaches in his ear telling him that you're going to be a a first-round pick right away, regardless of what he does – or yeah, I mean, I guess they were telling them that earlier in the week in the early in the week. So, you know, regardless of what he did, they
2: might've, they might've been that's, that's Yeah.
1: Assuming this theory is correct is, is kind of the premise of all this, but you know, assuming that's correct. Was there anything that these coaches didn't know about Dewan James that they learned on day one that, you know, made them say that, you know, it's, I just, I have a hard time believing that. Um, and I think he would have known that before he came down or accepted an invite to the senior bowl. Um, So I just I don't know how much I believe that, but yeah, it's I I completely agree with you. You Know he left money on the table, and I just if I was him, if I was as good a player as that, I wouldn't want to put it in anyone else's hands.
0: No, no, and that's just bad. Like you know, if the if the uh, speculations are true, then you know that's just a that's not that's not the attitude that you're hoping to have. For a guy in the first round and somebody used uh, you used actually today Trevor Penning as a, an example of remember when guys were fight, that guy was fighting last year and then he was fighting in practice in the NFL like who would have thought yeah, well this guy doesn't want to practice because he thinks he's good enough to already be somewhere well you know who's to know who's to think that he's not going to compete because he thinks he's good enough to be a starter on day one and he's maybe he's not you know that's the worry with these guys um, my big takeaway from this is is along the same lines it's on the offensive line. And that is all week long. We talked about, okay, Mike Tomlin is spending a lot of time with the offensive linemen. He's loving the big guys. He's talked to pretty much everybody. They got a lot of scouts out here. And then day three rolls around and you're like, okay, that's, you know, that's the thought. That's, that's the direction you think that they're going. Who shows up Andy Weidel and what, what position do we know? Andy Weidel just loves to build and is a genius in building the trenches, the offensive and defensive line. So I think it just solidifies everything that we believed all week long. That's my big takeaway is that the Steelers were here to look at a couple of positions, but they knew that if they were going to find a guy in those first three picks, because I don't know if the Steelers' first round pick is in Mobile. What I do know is I, the first three, one of those first three picks is in Mobile, and the Steelers were here to scout him and scout them and find that guy or those guys had to, to their line and they need more than just a starter I, they don't even necessarily need a starter but if they're going to approach the left side of their line and say "Hey, we want a competition and somebody that we think could grow into a superstar I think they had options down here but if they just want a depth piece that they feel really confident in I think they had options down here and I think they knew that and sending Andy Widle that last day in my head just told me well that's the director going and everything we thought was true and the Pittsburgh Steelers were were on the offensive line. That's what they were here to do.
1: Yeah, I would 100% agree. And there was just there's too much talent down here in the trenches on you know particularly on the offensive line to to ignore. Um, like I said, I don't know if their first round pick is down here, but there's tons of depth down here, and there's tons of guys to pick from. So it it's too much to kind of let pass let pass by without without giving these guys serious consideration.
2: I think with the uh, the offensive line in particular, uh, a lot of people are very um, they they feel like Mason Cole is a good starter, maybe like a like a like a dependable starter, maybe not like past that. And I was I had my eyes glued to the centers this week, and John Michael Schmitz, it was impossible to miss him at, at any point. Uh, he just put on a dominant performance overall, just was moving so well in space was finishing guys into the, into the dirt. He just got so much push up front in the run game. And, you know, you get that. I feel like he's a really good fit for his own scheme, but I feel like he's showing that he can be more scheme versatile. And as a four, you know, he has a wrestling background and he, he really showed it off in, in, in the senior bowl. He's a guy. I'm definitely like, if I'm looking at 32, to the 49 area that's that's a potential area for a guy like John Michael Schmitz and another guy like at center Alu Owatomi he finished extremely well I thought he had a um I thought he started a little slow on day one overall and thing with him he won the award for best center in the in the nation uh this year he's he's been out he's been outstanding and like day two three I really thought he played at his absolute best day three was his best practice he had some really nice wins on Keanu Benton, who was unblockable earlier in the week. He he really showed that he has the foot quickness. The, and, you know, this was something I was looking forward to, was he was dropping his head a good bit on contact. He stopped doing yeah. that on day three. And when he started doing that, he just started winning. I, I thought he had a very good day three. And one last guy, obviously, Matthew Bergeron, the scheme versatility to play anywhere along the line the fact he's really smooth left tackle can can really mirror guys like he's he's someone that I felt like Tomlin's going to be very intrigued by along with you know Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Ray. there's a lot of guys here that that the Steelers could be interested in in that 32 to 49 range and I thought they proved themselves that they are worthy of those picks
0: yeah yeah I agree I I thought that that Michigan center was Like that dude had a week, a week. There was never a moment. I mean, early, you know, early everybody, but everybody had their hiccups. After that, just like you said, there was never a moment where you were like, that dude is anything less than excellent down here. And it's good because, and to go back to Jones, this guy put stock, put his stock up. Whereas Jones might've just left it where it is. He's an undersized center who, you know, can't go anywhere else. So you have to you have to keep him at center. And there's question marks with those guys, especially if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, because you just dealt with Kendrick Green trying to convert him to a center didn't work out. This guy is hey, it doesn't matter what size it is. I could block. I could block very well. I could snap the ball very well. I'm very intelligent. I thought that he drove that stock up, and I, I think a, a number of those guys did. I mean, John Michael Schmidt is that did I just get his name right? John Michael Schmidt's yeah. Yes. He uh, he's a guy that I want to come to Pittsburgh just because I want that name to be written in all of my pieces. <laughs> but, you know, he's another one that like, you know, he came in here and if anything, they boosted their stock. And in the eyes of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I bet you that they feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um center's a really intriguing position. I love uh, Michael Matthew, excuse me, Matthew Bergeron too. I was like Cody Mock out of uh, out of North Dakota yeah. State talking about versatile guys on the offensive line he can play both guard and tackle um i i really like him um just like uh like a lot of guys like you said had his hiccups on the first day you know wasn't a particularly big standout but days two and three were awesome for him um we were actually sitting next to his family at one point it was cool to kind of see him start playing really well with his family right there to to watch him do it um yeah i i i like those guys as well um you know, elsewhere along, uh, you know, kind of thinking about some other positions. I really fell in love with with a linebacker day on Henley today uh, this week. I write <laughs> from the job. He was the first guy that I uh, went to interview after uh, the first practice from the national team. I, I just I talked about him on an earlier podcast, but his athleticism, his he's a little undersized, but he's, he's strong and he can move. He's smart. He's played a lot of football. He's a little older, um, but. Uh, that makes him a, a kind of a value pick. It's going to drop him a little bit, like those size concerns and his and his age are going to make him drop in the draft a little bit. But I love that. Uh, you know, he'll be. A, I think he could be a great value pick for the Steelers. I I could not stop talking about him. I could not stop watching him. He was he was a lot of fun to watch. I loved the way he moved and and just played to, played this week. Um, he is my. He is my darling of the senior bowl. He was. I, I would love <laughs> to see him in in black and gold. So that's that was my next question: is who who would you like to show up to the Steelers?
0: That's your guy. I agree. I think that dude's a stud. He's very well spoken, which mm-hmm. I love. You know, I think that inside linebackers have to be very intelligent, and in the way he comes off is just like, yep, this guy knows what he's doing. He understands his role. Very important stuff. Yeah, um, and he was.
1: Oh, I just want to add, like, he's played, he's a converted linebacker. He played receiver. He returned kicks and oh, punts really? early in his career. Yeah, he played He returned as well. kicks and punts? Yeah, yeah, he was, he told us he was a kick returner Uh, on, I believe that was Wednesday. Yeah, when we were Wednesday and uh, at the convention center, he's telling us he, he's played a bunch of different positions. He's, he's a convert from offense too. So he's, I, I love that experience and I love that he brings a kind of different perspective and different knowledge to, to that position.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's a guy that you immediately, if you're if you're playing all those positions and you ended up at linebacker, I mean, you're athletic, and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers need right now. Is they need athleticism and versatility at that inside linebacker role. I saw today that Jerry Dulac said that he believes it's Mark Robinson in the NFL draft. You need a versatile guy. There's your guy, middle of the rounds, right there. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Nick, who's your uh, go-to if you had to pick if you were sitting in that that war room? in the middle of the rounds or the early rounds or whoever's there, who's the guy that you're like, we're, we're, we're pounding the table. We're getting this guy. So I'm not going to quite go pounding the table right now, but
2: cause you can only put so much stock into the senior bowl week. You have to go through the film. You know, it's a lot of you confirming what you, what you may have seen on film, but also what, you know, making you go back to the film and being like, okay, he moved a little bit differently than I saw. And, you know, for me, I the guy I I need to just go to the film right now is Darius Rush from South Carolina. He was huh. unbelievable this th- t- t- today. Like today on day three was unbelievable what he was doing. He was in receivers' hip pockets just so consistently. His length, his phys- his physicality, just his ability to mirror guys off the line. I think his press needs a little bit of work. I think he's a little bit wide for, in his stance, but. The way he gets his hands up, the way he played the ball in the air, he was just—you could not out leverage him. Every single time, like on these on these on these uh, back-breaking routes, like these curls, these hitches, he was just all over the guy. He like he got an interception on a curl, and then and then he had like an, another one on on seven on seven where he intercepts, he he cuts cuts in front of a guy, and he ends up running off. He goes down, and then he runs all the way back because he's like, oh, I wasn't touched. And I was just like, yes, he's playing the ball in the air. He's getting his head back. Like, that's that's the type of things I like to see. And one one more guy, obviously, because the corner grip was outstanding uh, this week. But Julius Brents, that that size-length combo is absolutely rare. But the ability to have the feet, the hips, to mirror guys, they're a little bit quicker Than those types of corners can handle and just being able to redirect towards the sideline, just the way he pins those guys to the sideline, he uses his length so well, but he, he's so fluid and he's able to mirror those guys so well off the line of scrimmage. Like he's got that foot quickness. He has the hips. There's a lot of great traits there with him. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of developmental traits with him there. And honestly, like, Thirty-two to forty-nine. That makes a lot of sense for Julius Brents. He's he's a hell of a talent.
0: I was going to say, do you do you do you take that guy? Let, let me ask this question: Do you pass up on a guy in the first round, one of those first-round guys like Keely Ringo, Joey Porter Jr., Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, because you, and go a different direction because you feel that confident in Brents? I'm not going to say that just
2: based off Senior Bowl week, obviously. For me, I like to see how the draft plays out. Obviously, I'm giving you a bit of a cop-out cop answer in, in terms of just like that, but you know, you have to see how the draft plays out. Like who ends up falling to you at 17? For all we know, they could take Jordan Addison. You know, they could have their eyes firmly entrenched on Jordan Addison at 17. But that's that's so what I
0: mean. Do you do you, if you look at it? Say they Jordan Addison's sitting there, but say all those cornerbacks are sitting there too. Is your mind going, well, I could get Jordan Addison now and I feel very comfortable, but you, but you also know all those guys will be gone by 32. Do you, do you look at that and say, well, I'm going Jordan Addison because I feel that confident in Brett's. I'm not
2: going to say I am feel that confident, but I'm going to say that that is definitely a draft scenario that I would not be unhappy with at all. That would be a draft scenario. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty pleased with overall. And that's the thing I've been trying to figure out as I do mock drafts over the, over the course of, of, of the, of the process is how comfortable do I feel with a certain scenario and how, and how I feel a guy could where they land in the draft and just like, if i take like a weaker position a weaker depth position a little earlier and then attack the stronger positions like i said about corner i think they need to double dip maybe they decide to take two long guys like christian gonzalez and julius brents back to back who knows like that could be a good that could be a that could be an idea in the back of their heads you know it's definitely something to consider you have to consider all the scenarios of of the draft in terms of what position you take at 17, because it's going to affect how you approach the rest of the draft. And that's why I believe you make sure you set it up so you can attack those strong, the stronger depth positions a little later. I like that.
0: I like that. I like that. I, I, uh, I think the cornerback class, like we talked about yesterday is strong enough where I'm starting to understand why people are okay with, other positions in the first round, because I think cornerbacks, their biggest, uh, their, their biggest, it, it's their biggest opportunity to land a star, but maybe that doesn't have to come at 17. So I agree with that one. I have uh two guys, Steven, you mentioned one of them, both of them, I think are mid mid round linemen. And both of them, I think fill fill immediate needs at depth because the Steelers need depth, but also they have some upside and they're super Nice guys who i thought were very intelligent and just i'm a personality guy and i thought both of them had great personalities the first one's cody mock like you said that dude's amazing first off he had the best spike of the day best lineman (laughs) spike of the day which is you know that's in my head that immediately moves you up that five spots minimum moves you up the draft then he it's freezing cold outside and he's rocking the jersey over the belly another five spots immediately moved up instantly because that's just the rules of the draft. The vibes around him are immaculate. I will say the vibes are amazing. The the guy, the guy is just like the second you watch him play football, you kind of start to fall in love and then you talk to him and you definitely fall in love. I think Cody mock is a dude who he played tackle at North Dakota state. They're going to move him inside because he's not big enough to play tackle in the NFL. I think he could play guard. I think he proved to us this weekend that he's got the ability to play center. I'm sure it's, he's going to take some fine tuning, but it, It's a good starting point. I think that he's a depth piece that you could kind of build into something and hope turns into something. But just as a starting point, I feel confident in him in those middle of the rounds. The other guy is Jarrett Patterson, who I thought dominated this week. I thought he played very well all three days. He's another guy started at center in his career, moved to guard. They have him moving back and forth. I think he's a guy that, again, you know, he could – I like J.C. Hasenauer, and I don't think J.C. Hasenauer is a bad depth piece – But at the same time, I don't think he's leaving it all on the table to the point where the Steelers can't go out and try to replace him. Because of that, I think that those two names are guys that I'm like, okay, if the fourth round rolls around and one of those two are sitting there, I don't care if you already drafted one or not, go get him. Because that's a guy that you could have on the roster for four years and try to develop into something. Kevin Dotson's about to enter his fourth year in the NFL. At this point, there's zero chance he's signing another contract. I'm sure that increases over the course of the season, but right now it's got to be close to zero and you could take one of these guys and feel very confident putting them immediately into a depth spot. So those are two, my two guys. And again, I think that fits perfectly with what the Pittsburgh Steelers came down here to do. And that's find offensive line pieces. And that, that's my, uh, those are my two guys.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I love those two guys. And I think, we all kind of hit on a couple of different things, but it, one of one of the things I kept thinking about this week and kept kind of mulling over in my head was that the Steelers have a ton of needs. And so we came in here, at least I came in here to Mobile this week, feeling a little bit overwhelmed, thinking about, okay, what do the Steelers need most? What's most pressing? But I, I think there's a lot of freedom in having a lot of needs. Um, that yep. means there are just a lot of options and there are a lot of ways for you to help your team immediately. And there's not a lot of pressure to, Land a certain corner or a certain defensive lineman, certain offensive lineman, whatever it is. Th- there's a lot of freedom in being able to help your team by picking, uh, basically, any position that you want, and and you have, just have a wider talent pool to pick from.
2: Take the best yeah. player available at the at at the position of need. That's pretty much, you know, it doesn't matter what position of need. It's the guy who sits at the top of the board. That's the that's what they could do, and that's yep. the most important part about having that many needs.
0: Yep. And it's, uh, you know, as, as nerve wracking as it is for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it is extremely exciting at the same time because it's, it's a fun draft. It's a very, I think that it's better to go in here and to go into this entire, entire environment and this entire process and not be looking for a quarterback, not be looking for a running back, not be looking for a wide receiver and just be able to go, okay, let's find some good talent and let's build a team with a bunch of guys that Maybe people don't have a huge eye on. And I think that they've found more success doing that over the years. And right now is a great opportunity for them to do that as well. All right, everybody, we are out of here. We're heading out, heading back to Pittsburgh. Nick's heading back to Charlotte. It's been a phenomenal week. Wilmington, sorry, North Carolina, somewhere with a beach. It's been, (laughs) it's been a phenomenal week here at Mobile, Alabama, observing the senior bowl, keeping an eye on the Pittsburgh Steelers and bringing everything to you guys, as always, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all talk. Subscribe anywhere you guys get your podcast and check out all of our work at allsteelers.com. I'm gonna be back with Derek this weekend to recap everything I had here and bring you guys even more content. Again, thank you guys so much for following along with us. We'll be back. Peace.